in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of top 10 i'm john roca and i am matt nose we're excited to bring you another week of movie discussion uh this time thanks to the release of maverick the new top 10 movie top yeah. gun rather top gun. Uh, movie uh but how are you i'm good i don't want to brag matt but they used my quotes for a 15 second promo video for top gun maverick it's the first time i've been quoted as the Outlaw Nation officially. So very positive, very happy, glowing from that when I found out yesterday. So uh, a good thing because I love that movie and I love the Top Gun franchise. So I'm in a good place today. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, <laughs> okay. They elected not to use mine. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Even I after got... you'd seen it. Well, the, the, Problem is I'm too close to Tom, so they just felt like it wouldn't be a genuine review. And I was like, guys, I can be impartial about this. And they were like, you were on the chopper that dropped him off on the aircraft carrier. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, We don't believe you can be impartial. And I was right, like, right. well, I was clowning him about how he was dressed in the chopper. Does that not count for anything? Those Ray-Bans might have been a little too big, buddy. And, uh, uh you know, it wasn't it wasn't enough. I, 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 to be perfectly honest, I don't think Tom appreciated all the ribbing and, yeah. uh, talked to the producers and was like, if there's any quote we're not going to use, it's nos. And I was like, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah. You got to accept the, the, the way. Yeah. yeah. Still, I got to hang out with Ham. We watched the movie. It was a good time. Oh, nice. You and Johnny, yep. huh? Right. Yep. It's a good Damn. time. It's a good time. Dating someone 17 years is younger. Well, why, you know, why break the stigma, dude? Why not? Why break the stereotype? Just, you know. Well, how old is he? He's 49, or maybe he's 50. She's 26. She's 26? Something like that. Um, well, you know, I, I don't know what to say to that. That's, it's a tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. Uh, an older man dating a younger woman, it's, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I'm not gonna act as though we haven't seen this literally seven billion times in our lifetime. That's lifetimes. what I'm saying. Are people up in arms about it? Yeah, he's 51, she's 33. 18 year difference. And she was on Madman for one episode in the last season. She was the hippie girl working behind the counter when he goes to sign up for that yoga shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember her, but oh, I, I, I remember the scene. That you're talking oh, about. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, they made their debut, um, at an Oscars party and then showed up at the Top Gun Maverick, uh, premiere. Look, it could be love, but I mean, he's a good looking dude. What are you going to do? It's John Hamm. The rules don't, yeah. the rules don't apply, man. It's John Hamm, you know? Look, I mean, if they're both happy. Yeah. And it's in the bubble, dude. Plus she's 33. Mm hmm. It's not as though he's dating an 18 year old. True. 
isn't as mentally mature as someone in their thirties, you know, has grown up, has lived somewhat of a life. Yeah. Uh, and understands more what they're getting into as opposed to potentially just being enamored with, Hey, this super fam- famous person wants to hang out with me and all that. Yeah. Uh, so you never know. This could be something that lasts for the rest of their lives. Probably true. Probably true. Happy for them. Yeah. For them. You know, we don't bat an eye when, uh, Sarah Paulson, uh, has been married to, uh, God, who is that? Holland Taylor. Yeah. There you go. Who's what? 25 years her senior? 20 years her senior? I don't know. You're right. There's a, there's an age difference there. We're fine with that. Well, we're just getting to be fine as a society with lesbian relationships. So let's, you know, let's. Let that breathe for a little while before we start judging age differences in that. Okay, bracket. fine. Uh, I would say in that bracket. What, Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah, but that's a rarity, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it happens on both sides of the coin. It just happens on more of one side. Than yeah. The other. <laughs> it really happens more on one side. Well. But fair enough. But, you know, like you said, you know, as long as they're happy, that's what matters. I was just bringing it up. Yeah. For- for conversation because you were hanging out with Johnny Ham. I didn't know but she, she wasn't there. She wasn't oh, there. Wow, no. surprising. So she made the red carpet debut, but then did not sit with John Ham. For didn't the- want to go to the aircraft carrier with all the wind blowing around and stuff. And she's like, "It's going to be too drafty, and I'm going to be cold the whole time. So I'm going to have to like wear a sweater on top of this, and it's going to kill the gown." And uh, apparently, it was a whole thing. And I was like, "Dude, I get it. My wife brings a sweater to the grocery store." I get it. <laughs> then John Ham's like. Nost, what are you doing tonight? Come, come hang out in the premiere. Be my plus one for the movie. Well, it was Tom hit me up and was like, "Hey, uh, oh, okay, okay," because right. I live not too far from a Scientology center. Oh boy! <laughs> so he's like, "I can land the chopper, and you can just jump in with me here." And I was like, "Cool." And then we just jet, we chopper down to San Diego. It's awesome. And then got off, and then he well, because everybody wants to talk to him, but it's, you know, it's Tom Cruise at the premiere of Maverick. Yeah. So then. uh after Ham was done with his interviews, mm-hmm. everybody kind of rushed over to focus on Tom and we just, we hung out. It was wow. a good time. Wow. That's, it's a hell of a story, dude. I like it. That's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I, I envy you. I absolutely envy you. I wish I could I, hang out with Tom Cruise at a premiere. It would be fun. I should have said something. I would have gotten you a, I would have gotten no, you a no. chopper. No, no, please. Although then they wouldn't have used your quote. So it's like a double edged sword. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. I'll take the quote. Really? Hanging out with Tom Cruise? You no, take I'm, the quote? I'll take the quote for now and then later hang out with Tom Cruise. For now, let's establish this and, you know, step by step, everything's processed. So I got no problem with it. So, um, but anyway, yeah, a nice thing, a nice little, um, yeah, for sure. I'm sure that felt fantastic. It did. Oh, me, um, you know, I've been working for two years to try to kind of establish that thing as a legitimate outlet and doing a lot of work on it. And so to finally get a big movie to quote it, to quote me and quote the outlet. Is great. So we'll see if maybe more of that starts to happen. And then I get a little more inroads with publicists and be able to interview people. Cause I really want to interview people again. It's kind of frustrating that I don't get to interview people again because I'm not on one of those big fucking outlets. It's just frustrating. So I got to figure that out. That's the next goal, so to speak. Well, anyway, how are you feeling about the finals, man? How are you feeling? What, what, what you feeling here, man? How are you feeling about Chuck? What's the deal? What, what you feeling about everything that's going on in the NBA, man? About Chuck? Like Charles? Chuck picking fights with uh, Golden State. Chuck and Shaq going at it about uh, Shaq only ever having 15 bad games in his entire career. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, anytime they have those outdoor things, it's been numerous times where Shaq tries to get the crowd into it 
No. The chant, you know, Chuck, you suck. It's got a good ring to it. And then Chuck will turn around and uh, say something into the crowd and they'll love it and they'll cheer. And then they go right back to chanting. So that's uh, unsurprising to say the least. Look, home teams won the first, the game once. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So unsurprising. And, uh, the Celtics were out without the defensive player of the year, plus their starting center. So two starters are out and they still were leading going into half. They just got absolutely crushed in the third quarter. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, but tonight both those guys appear to be back. Horford is for sure. And smart is listed as probable. Although Derek White is out for, uh, personal reasons. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Whatever that means. Wow. And then Windhorst is quoted as saying that. Uh, a few people in the Celtics traveling part, party have tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. Yeah. So far, it has not bled over into any more players. Wow. As far as anyone knows. But, yeah, it's like, ah, oh, God, if COVID derails all this hard work. Yeah. And if I was the Heat, I wouldn't want this to happen. I'd almost lobby the league to postpone games. Yeah. Even though you know they wouldn't. But, yes, yeah. Right. Uh, just because I don't want to win like that. Because everybody's going to, you know, you want to play people at their best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, unsurprising. And then uh, the Warriors last night handled business at home pretty pretty well. But Luka, yes. I think, was just completely gassed in the second half. The de defenses, they kept throwing at Luka over and over. Yeah. Boxing one, three and two, man, uh, traps. They were hedging on screens, like just everything. They were throwing everything they could. Just as soon as you would get established, understanding, oh, this is what they're going to give me on defense, they changed it. It was like yeah. every three, four plays, like, boom, we're rolling out something different and just kept them guessing. Yeah. And he looked gassed in the first quarter already just because he was doing so much. By the end, yeah. Yeah, so come third and fourth when he only has two points in the second half, it's like, ah, man, he's, they're asking him to do quite a bit on this. Yeah. Yeah. Do I think that will maintain the whole time? No, because I think, as Chuck rightly pointed out, uh, the Mavs were getting wide open threes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so long as they have a game where they're hitting 35, 37, 38%, they can win that game. Yeah. Yeah. So the Warriors were surrendering quite a few good looks. Uh, so this could have swung in the other direction and more than likely will over the course of the next few games. Maybe the philosophy is that it's like, you know, we just keep bumping them, keep messing with them defensively. It'll exhaust them by the time they get the outside for the, for the free and clear three point shot, they're too exhausted to make it. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, maybe. But they're mostly expending that defensive energy on Luca itself. So you're just yeah. like Brunson, Dinwiddie, Bertans, Kleba. Somebody else needs to make a three here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which they possibly can. It, it, it will be interesting. I think the East, I could easily see going seven games. Um, if last night was roughly a roadmap, then I think six games and Warriors take it in the West. Yeah. Were you shocked by the Suns' loss? Did we talk about that already? Maybe we did. Mm. Destruction. It, it happened after we recorded. That's the okay. biggest ass kicking I think I've ever seen. <laughs> in a game seven closeout when you've been the number one team all season long, like by leaps and bounds, the best team. They weren't even, they weren't unhealthy. They weren't like, it nope. was weird. Just a complete mental break down and you just why like it's it's so quizzical because they had played so many of these tight games and game sevens and oh well i guess maybe not that many but like certainly tight games over the last two years in the playoffs it's just shocking that they showed up with an effort like that in the game seven i think they almost felt like they were going to win it with ease and then when it didn't start to go their way they got all tight you know oh yeah i mean the mavs were practically unconscious yeah three 
and then uh they had no fight. They just looked dejected and and it was weird. Um yeah. and a lot of people are hanging this blame at Chris Paul because he does have the track record of it, but Devin Booker, if you ended up in the MVP discussion because your team was so good, even though technically if you want to go tit for tat, I don't think he is deserving of that. But right. I I agreed with the assessment of you need to reward this team because they've been so excellent yeah, yeah, yeah. in some capacity. Um, but if you're thinking you're one of these alphas and you want to be in the same breath as whatever else, you can't. These meaningless points in the fourth quarter when you guys <laughs> are down by all this don't count. Yeah. Like you played like shit up until um almost the end of the third quarter, the leading scorer technically for the Suns was the free throw line. <laughs> they had made nine free throws and they didn't have anybody that scored nine points yet. That's scary, dude. Yeah. Even with counting free throws, nobody had eclipsed the free throw line. It's like, yeah. dude, this is where is this team? Aiden yeah. looks like he's gone. Oh, these are restricted free agents, so they can match his contract. But so long as someone structures it in a way that'd be crippling for the Suns, Aiton is gone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It'll be interesting. But Paul's it, adamant, I'm not retiring. I <laughs> yeah, know he said that afterwards with Booker right there. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, and yeah, because Chris Paul had what one point going into the fourth quarter. That is, yeah, and he got insane. meaningless garbage time points, and be like, those don't count. <laughs> Those do not count. You and Booker, yeah. whatever you got in the fourth is meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, seriously, the final score was what, 33? Yeah. But it felt like 73. <laughs> that was the biggest ass kicking I think I've ever seen. It was rough to watch, man. I mean, there, there have been more lopsided victories, but in a game seven, when this team is projected to win it all. Yeah. And, uh, was the odds on favorite and wow, that was crazy. It was something. Did you see the uh, She-Hulk trailer? Did you did you see that? Yeah, I saw Thoughts? that. Hey, <laughs> I don't know. You got to wow me at this point because yeah, the the all the the plus shows, mm-hmm. like Moon Knight, I think ultimately was was fine. Yeah, I wasn't like blown away by it. Loki's been hands down my favorite. Yeah, same. And then uh, probably WandaVision two. And then after that, it's like, hey, everything else is kind of fighting for third. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully it's better than that. But yeah. who knows? I'm focused on Obi-Wan next, which is oh, that's right. yeah. shortly coming out. Uh, so hopefully, God, I hope that's good. I know, dude. Because Boba Fett wasn't that great, in my opinion, now in retrospect. So you, except for those two Mandalorian episodes <laughs> um, yeah. in, in there. But like... If they met, if this mess, if this is not good or only okay or middling, it's going to be, it's going to be tough because the narrative then will become it's, it's prequels connected and a majority of the older fans did not like the prequels, the newer, the, 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 sorry, the, um, the fans that grew up with it as kids now are, you know, adults, they love it and they want to reappraise it and make people like these films. Fine. Um, but if this doesn't do well, then you start to attach the prequel stink for some people onto that. And that I think would be an issue that, um, is unfortunate because I mean, you and coming back after all this time and he's taking a chance, dude, cause if this doesn't work or it's not good, he's just going to experience exactly what he experienced the last time he did Obi-Wan with the criticisms and the questions and all of that. And, and that did anybody blame him? 
No, but I mean, you're the actor in it. And the last thing you want is them tearing apart, especially when it's Star Wars. Like, it's different if he's doing like a, you know, I don't know, like an Ocean's 8 movie or Ocean's 11 movie. This is Star Wars, right? This is stuff you grew up as a kid watching and loving. And if you're part of it, it's a great joy. And But if it, if the movies aren't good or the, the series isn't good, people don't like it, then it's tough to take the criticism, I would imagine. You know, I mean, Portman said she went into a deep depression after she was done with the prequels because of seeing her acting performance and how those films turned out. Yeah. But I, and I feel bad for him because mm. they also like uh Jake Lloyd suffered slander. Yeah. yeah. And that shit isn't right. He's a kid. Yeah. He's a kid. When that came out, like that shit is just not right. Uh But yeah, I don't, I never blamed any of the actors. No. Right. Yeah. For it. I was just like, George, you gave him an inorganic stage. Yeah. It's like you're reacting to green blocks and everything else. Like it's impossible. Yeah. Has fallen on a pole. Yeah. I mean, th- think of how good these actors are and you're getting inert performances from them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're the only person that I th- think I've seen get an inert performance from these individuals. Yeah. So the common denominator in this is you or at least the environment that you put them in. Yeah. And I, I don't want to harangue George either just because – he still gave us this incredible world that we're oh, fascinated yeah. by and looking forward to. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I'm perfectly fine if they want to build upon the prequels. It doesn't mean there can't be something good there. Right. So. Yeah. No, totally. That's why you start with Obi-Wan because universally people feel he was the best thing about the prequels was his, yeah. his interpretation of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So this looks, but I mean, the trailers look fantastic and the, the imagery, the visuals, all of it looks fantastic. So hopefully, it knocks it out of the park. Um, and I'll be at Star Wars Celebration next week, um, there in Anaheim. And I'm hoping they do something where they show it to us there. Um, because I mean, I, I don't want to watch it in my hotel room on my computer and then do a reaction to it. That would suck. I'd rather watch it on as big a screen as possible. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. And I, and I think they're dropping the first two and then going from there. So that'll be exciting. It's kind of surprising that they aren't offering, hey, the first episode, you can't see it on the big screen. Yeah, right? You would think. And, you know, maybe there's some secret screen they're going to announce there. But, yeah, you would think they'd want people to know what's going on there and and if they're going to be showing it on a screening or what they're going to do with it, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, I don't know, something to think about, something to consider, you know. But there's a lot happening and I'm, and I'm, I'm nervous because I'm like, I don't want to catch COVID. I got boosted. I got my fourth shot last week or a few days ago. Um, but I'm still nervous about going there because I'm sure a lot of people might be infected without knowing it and, or sick or whatever. And so mm-hmm. walk around with the mask and they don't have the press situation like they had at CinemaCon where the press goes into a certain section of the auditorium and there's plenty of seats. You have to stay in line with everybody else. And yes, you're getting a free pass, but the exchanges, you, they're also getting free coverage for their stuff. So it's like, okay, what's the exchange, you know? So I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't, I don't know if I want to stand in lines. I'm not really, not, I'm not trying to be cocky or anything. It's just more like it's annoying and it's exhausting at my age to be standing in lines and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, but I'm excited to be going. I just, hope yeah, it's a fun experience. Um, well, yeah, good luck with that. Hopefully it's a, I, I don't know what exactly to say, but, uh, fair enough. 
It's a successful endeavor. You get all the Star Wars you possibly can out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm sure you'll see a bunch of people that uh, you yeah. haven't seen in a while and whatnot and get to hang out. And uh, that'll be fun. You know what I was thinking about? I was watching the Triumph, the insult comic dog. Uh, his sure thing from back when the prequel, the first prequel, when the uh, when the um, was it Phantom the, or was it Attack of the Clones that he was out? Was it Attack of the Clones? I think it might have been Attack of the Clones. Well, he was. I've, been, I've watched it before too. I like. I just oh. revisited a couple months ago. Yes, I, I watched it uh, yeah. two or three days ago. It listen. I know. I'm, it's. It, I get it. It's, people could look at it and think it's bullying. It's funny. It is very funny. Cause he's not mean, mean spirited. He's, he's going for the broad jokes and they work. They're very funny. Yeah. And the people seem to be taking them in good humor. So then the other side of it is I would love to do, or Conan did a, um, where are they now? Checking in with all those people that were in the line. You know, did that woman have her baby? What's her baby doing? Is he a Star Wars fan? Like, you know, did these, uh, the couple that was married there that you see in mm-hmm. the, they stay married and whatever those the and the, the few nerds that really stand out that they talk to Star Wars nerds. I would love to like have them check in with them again and see where they are if, if they and maybe even rewatch sections of it to see their reaction now all these years later. Well, Conan doesn't have a show anymore. He's got oh, a podcast. Right. Son of a bitch, I forgot about that. Yeah, but, but his podcast is audio. I don't know if he does. I'm sure there's a slight video component to it, but yeah, that's how Paul got him. Remember Paul? Did you see that clip of Paul Rudd getting him by playing? Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. he's like, "This is an audio show. <laughs> like, what are you doing?" And he does Mac and me for the twenty yeah, fifth time. Um. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a good idea. Like, whatever the next big Star Wars movie is, although they said that they're going to move away from the Skywalker yeah saga, which is I think smart ultimately for the overall health of it. You got to expand oh, yeah. beyond; otherwise, we're just regurgitating the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, Skywalker. Um, I agree, but yeah, the Vanity Fair article was really great. Um, yeah, a little bit of a puff piece, but it still was a lot of fun to read what their their intentions are with these series coming up. So I'm excited, um, and I'm sure we'll get some stuff next week. That'll be fun. So, um, all right, should we get into the show? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we're counting down the top 10 fighter plane movies. Is that right, Matt? Fighter plane? Uh, yeah, fighter plane movies in honor of Maverick coming out. Yes. So the, basically just the movie needs to have fighter planes in it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That was the qualification. That was the only thing. It doesn't have to be like we're focused solely on. Now I tried to go with that personally. Right. Where they, that's a bigger part of the movie as a whole. Um, but that I've got, I guess one slight exception. Okay. Um, but you'll see why when we get to it. Uh, but yeah, just try and focus on, you know, a cool fighter plane movies. Yeah. Um, so it can span anything from, if you want to go back to World War One. Sure. All the way to, uh, you know, modern day jets. Yeah. Uh, you know, go bananas. Um, I don't have anything from World War One personally. Oh, that's a shame. Okay. Do you? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. For our older older listeners. (laughs) Well, there's like a German movie about the Red Baron that I've never seen. Yeah, there is. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple others out there that focus on that, but, uh, you know, I, I skew towards stuff with dog fights, stuff with the, you know, aerial action. Yeah. And then, uh, I kind of weighted my list 
Okay. In that regard too, the, if I enjoyed the dog fight a little bit or whatever, oh, the fine. aerial action. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of like scooted those up a little bit or okay. uh, whatever. That's how, you know, it's, I like it. Uh, you know, it's a little all over the place, but whatever. It's my yeah. list. Let's have fun. Um, all right. Um, so the way the show works is, uh, Matt and I uh, come up with a topic or you, one of you all suggest a boss hog topic and we go on our own separate paths, come back with our uh, separate top 10 list. We don't tell each other our lists until the show starts and we count them down three at a time till we get to the five. So we go 10, nine, eight, seven, then uh, six, five, and then we go one at a time through the top five. We'll take a break in between the bottom half of our list and the top half of our list, and then we'll combine them at the end. So Matt, please start us off. What do you got at 10? At 10, uh, I put Dunkirk. Ooh, nice choice. Shit. All right. I'm, I'm taking mine off. I'll, I'll say Dunkirk. I like it. I'll put it there at 10. I'm, I'm um, officially putting it there because I forgot about the Tom Hardy sequence in that movie. Great point. We've got the, they have two separate dog fights in it. And I think those are some of the most beautiful shots because there's such a calm stillness yeah. while they're just flying and trying to, to, to take out these, uh, German fighters that are going after the merchants that are ferrying troops and whatnot. Yeah. 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 And, That's a great uh, sequence. Yeah. The shots are just exquisite. Um, could be some of my favorite stuff in the movie. And I think personally, I think the movie's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I know a lot of people love it and it was their favorite movie of that year. And more power to you. It didn't resonate with me in that way. Um, and I, I like you and many others are uh, big fans of uh, Chris Nolan. Yeah. So I was eagerly anticipating this and I saw it at the Cinerama Dome. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, Aerial fights and whatnot just looked majestic projected yeah. on this huge screen and you could really feel like the, the gunfire, but also then this, the calm stillness yeah. after like when the one plane flies down and has to ditch into the water, but Tom Hardy is sitting on his wing. I think it's a dude from slow dogs. Uh, if you've oh. seen that show. No, I think he's the pilot in it. So he's the young agent lead in slow dogs. Okay. I believe they're the same. Um, what is Slow Dogs? The Gary Oldman MI5. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Espionage. Yeah. It's only right six it? episodes. It is was it good. good. Okay. Good. I think it builds upon like, oh, okay, this could, this could be like, okay. It's, it's Tinker Taylor-ish. Yeah. If you like it, the show like that, then I'm excited to watch. Yeah. I know shows like that. If, usually if you like it, I like it too. So uh, I will absolutely watch it now. I was yeah, kind of on the fence on it. Because I hadn't heard too much buzz, but if you say it's good, then I'll watch it. Yeah, it's not the full Tinker Tailor like with right, the, right. the intrigue, the back and forth, the this and the other. But it's got a little bit of that. It's got a little bit of action. Yeah, and it's a nice blend for television. It's only six episodes. Perfect. And uh, I think it projects to be, if they let it go like three seasons, this could actually build to a pretty cool arc. I think overall. Hmm. I can't imagine it goes much more than two or three seasons. Although they've already, it looks like shot some of season two because they do a preview at the the end of the last episode of yeah. here's what's coming up on next season. Um, okay. so yeah, I'll just put it on my list to remind me. Yeah, I'd say it's good. Cool. Um, but anyway, the so there Hardy's on his wing and just like the the look between the two of them as he slowly descends and then just skips along the top of the water when he crashes. But the juxtaposition of the calmness 
of the two of them seeing than just what had transpired and in the midst of this massive global war. Uh, but the shots are just beautiful. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember it being a huge deal, uh, when it came out, everybody loving it so much. And then when I went to see it, the screening and seeing the Tom Hardy sequence, that was great. Yeah. Does it defy the laws of physics? How long he's hanging out there? Yeah. Sure. But it's still, you're still getting to see Tom Hardy act and really kind of the, see the progression of his emotions as he, what is going to happen to him dawns on him slowly but surely throughout the movie. And I think that's great, you know, and and I love the sequences, I love the fighting sequences and what happens there and and seeing the um, real fear in the eyes of all those actors there as they're playing the soldiers on the beach. It's really fantastic, especially when the fighter jet stuff kicks in. You're just like, oh, my God, this is insane. How the hell did they ever get all those people off the um off the beaches. It's, it's mind blowing to even think about, you know, so yeah. yeah, great, great stuff, dude. And yeah, like Matt, Matt said, I feel the same way. It's an okay movie. I wish it was better. I wish there was someone you could fully connect to uh, that was the protagonist. For me, that's the problem. We switched protagonists and we we're all ar- all over the place and I needed to f- feel the story of one person and kind of connect to that. And then I can connect to everybody else. And it just felt like it was a bit all over the place in terms of the, um, protagonists yeah. and who you were following and that was frustrating or at least here's the face of the boots on the ground yeah here's the face of oh right yes yes good point you know uh high command or something and so we can we can flash around to all these others but yeah someone to to lock in on and fully identify with it's kind of um 1917 right 19 gives you those two guys then what happens and then you see who represents the high command or the positions and people in certain positions and you're aware of who that person is. So you cast someone that's notable so that immediately stays in your mind as you watch that, uh, those sequences. So yeah. 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 Um, okay. What's your nine? My number nine is it's going to be a punt. Okay. So get ready for the indignity and slander. I'm about to throw your way. Oh my God. Which is independence day. Ooh. Yeah. That's a punt. That is absolutely a punt. Look, it made my list, which is saying something on some level. I don't disagree with you. That's pretty incredible. It's very magnanimous of you. It's got good fighter. It's got good jet scenes. It does. It does. It absolutely does. I'm back. Yeah, it does. It does. What's your uh, What's your eight? Uh, my eight is Bumblebee. Ooh, nice choice. Wait, oh, because of well, you've got so yeah. the fights the on Cybertron, but then okay. they get to like there's the fight with Bumblebee early on. Come on, you got Starscream. Ooh. You do. You do. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's got, it's okay. got, it's the only Transformers oh. that I am fully a fan of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I think the, f- the first one's got some moments. I think it's all right. Um, and then after that, it's just like, eh, I got a cherry pick. Yeah. yeah. What I like about these and that's saying something. Right. Um, whereas in Bumblebee, it's like after seeing all these for me missteps, to see one fully executed, to hear Starscream's voice like I was yeah. anticipating, to see Cybertron and this big, huge uh, battle on Cybertron as Transformers are flying in and they're fighting on the ground and they got to do those jettison pods to get out of there as Optimus holds off the enemy with just enough. Time. It's like the perfect encapsulation of the cartoon yep. personified and come to life uh, on the big screen. Um, and then it was really what kind of sold me on John Cena. Oh, yeah, right. He has a fun, a couple of fun scenes in the movie for sure. It's got the best line in it. Like they have Decepticons, you know, they're called Decepticons. Like, am I the only one that sees this? I was like, that's, that is so great. (laughs) And he played it beautifully. Um, 
Cool. And then after that, I did Blockers come out after that? Yeah, Blockers was after that. Yeah. Okay. And then I saw Blockers in the theater. Uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, this guy's got something. I mean, he wears shorts yeah. a little too much for me. <laughs> His jorts. Yeah. It's just a little bit too much as a grown man, but I also realize it's gotta be tough to find pants that fit those legs. Oh yeah. Right. Um, like everything for him has to be tailored at this point. Just like the rock. Everything's tailored for the rock. Yeah. Has to be that there's nothing you could buy off of a rack yeah. that is going to fit your body because the human body is not supposed to look like that pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, it sucks that it didn't do. The money that all the others did, which means they are going to depart and go back to the formula that worked in the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, it's a capitalist endeavor. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just, you would hope that the merit of this being a more enjoyable film overall, I think it's just more palatable for a wider audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah. Um, yeah, who knows why it didn't resonate as well? I don't know because it still has a bunch of the Transformers explosions and action and everything like that. It does. Uh, maybe it's having uh, a young female lead. Maybe I don't know, but at the same time, there's been tons of action. Yeah. Series that have female leads that have been wildly successful. So Captain I don't Marvel crossed a billion. You know, Wonder Woman had seven hundred something million yeah. dollars. Uh, Aliens, the Terminator franchise, the you know. There's, there's been several. I just don't know if Haley is the lead that, like, she worked for Hawkeye because that's, you know, like, like Dickinson, the show she, I, I think Haley's a good actress, obviously, great in True Grit and what have you, but, I mean, Jeff Bridges is the reason you go see True Grit, and so, but she's certainly great in it. I don't know if she's the lead to get people to put butts in seats, and I don't know that, it's enough. And I, and I'm not saying Shia LaBeouf was that either, but it, you got Michael Bay and Shia LaBeouf, that's a combo that's strong. Plus the Transformers, rather. That's a combo that's strong. But on the other side of Bumblebee, you've got Travis Knight, who isn't that well known, and and Haley Stanfield, Steinfeld, who isn't that well known. Um, yeah. And then you've got only Bumblebee. You put just one Transformer in the title, and I think that makes people kind of hesitant. But you know, it made good money. And yes, I agree. It is the most complete and best Transformers movie, including the original one from uh, Michael Bay. Um, I don't include the, oh, I should include the animated because the animated at times is, uh, really campy to watch. Oh, that. yeah. The Eric Idle in the trash with the yeah. song. <laughs> Casey, Casey. Look, I love it because I was a kid when I saw it. It reminds yeah. me of that, but it's got some, it's got some moments. Yeah. Scatman Crothers stuff. Yeah. It's got some moments, but like, yeah. this is the most complete one, yet it didn't do as well financially as the other ones, which is why Bay is back for this Beast Wars and whatever as a producer, not a director. Yeah. So but we'll it just see. Seems we're going to have. Yeah. Bay, it's going to be a Bay story, which is yeah. the disheartening thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I mean, Ambulance didn't make that much money, even though a lot of people felt it was the best Michael Bay movie in a long time. Uh, so I don't know if maybe the public is done with Michael Bay or they need Michael Bay on a bigger platform like Transformers, uh, so they can give them their money. You know, I don't know. I think the title was such a dud. Ambulance. Yeah. Ambulance and then we're. Making the L.A. larger, so you know it's set in L.A., but how does that grab the attention? Ambulance! (laughs) Okay. Fantastic. (laughs) Woo-woo! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, of all the emergency vehicles, it's the least exciting. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, how ridiculous would it be if it was just fire truck? It's just as dumb. <laughs> At least cop car, like you have an understanding of what's going to oh, happen. Yeah. It's like, I don't have, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised that the reviews coming out of that were like, it's really good. I'm surprised. I saw the ringer say, have we, have we misevaluated Michael Bay this whole time? And I was no. like, fuck you. No. Fuck, you don't get to go back. Let's now. click you, baby. You, you motherfucking critics don't get to go back now and say, maybe we need to reassess. Fuck you. Fuck no, no. words. You didn't like him the first time. You don't get to go back and reassess him now. Yeah. He's, there are critics and reviewers like me who did like him and understood what he was doing and you all made fun of us. Now you don't get to uh, fucking burnish your nerd cred. And try to go back and say, oh, well, maybe there's a better Michael Bay. Fuck that nonsense. Eat, Dude, he's eat only it. had, what, two good movies? How dare you? Fifteen, at least. Two. Mm-hmm. Would be my counter to that. <laughs> yeah. Thirteen hours in The Rock. What else am I missing? Pain and Gain is good. Armageddon is good. Bad Boys is good. <sighs> okay. The first Transformers is good. Bad Boys, I realize I'm in the minority. Armageddon is fine. You're an insane. It's person. fine. You're just an insane person. What? I mean, don't make me. Okay. What else you got so far? In pain and gain. You're in the minority on that. And you know it. I'm not. People you like are. pain and gain. You that, are. Well, if they liked you. it, it would have done better at the box office given the start that they had attached to it, and it didn't. So that's not true. Because you're in the minority. out of sight. Didn't do well, and that had Clooney at his prime and Lopez at her. Prime. That was Clooney at the very early part of her prime. Early. Lopez. What? Lopez had done what? One movie before that? Two she'd movies? Done, she'd done five movies. You just throw numbers out because you no, know I'm not going to Google she'd it. She'd done right Selena, now. Money Train, um, and three other for Jack. There were some other movies she did before. Where she was the lead? Movie. Give me the lead where she's a bankable star. We'll take a look in a second. Bad Boys, The oh, Rock, God. Armageddon. I'm not going to give Bad Boys to. No, I'm not going to give you the island. Transformers, Pain and Gain, 13 Hours. Ambulance. Yeah. yeah 15 true. was what you were quoted. That's so you're right. 15. Well, if I include the other Transformers movies, which I personally like because they're fun, except for the second one, then that puts it into the 11 or 12 range. 11 range, I think. But yeah, you know, there you go. So he's not, he hasn't directed as many movies as people think. Like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 movies. 15 movies total. So. To have only three or four not good, it's not too bad. It's not a bad percentage. Okay. So Jennifer Lopez. All right. Let's look at the Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> I've got it in front of me. Okay. So we're going to say what? I'll along po- with you. So there's no there's no Post in Living Color? Uh, Sure. Yeah, of course. Post. It's a bunch of, yeah, it's a bunch of television shows right, for right, a couple right, of years. Yeah, we don't count that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Money Train, which she was not on the poster. Uh, Jack, she was not on the poster. Blood and Wine, I've never yeah, seen. Wesley and Woody is Money Train. You're right. Yeah. He's not on the poster. Uh, Blood and Wine, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's one of those small independent films she was trying to do at the time. Sure. Uh, Selena, I think Big, in. That was huge. Huge is strong. Bro! That was huge. Huge is strong. No, I think over the years, more and more people have seen it. I had heard of it. I didn't see it for 15 years or something. I think maybe within the Latino community, it was a big movie. How dare you? Uh, I think races as hell. Oh, it got her seen by the industry. Yes, that's big. That's, that's big in the industry. It is big. That matters. Who's going to cast you? The industry. Selena, Anaconda. Anaconda was a dud. 
She has no proven track record. People loved it. People loved it. She has no proven track record. The U-turn, U-turn was a dud. Or, in, or that's um, Oliver Stone. Her music is massive. Okay, but you don't know her as an actress. So then right after that is out of sight. So she's not a bankable star. How dare you? She's not. Not in terms of movies. And neither is Where do you think she became point. bankable? Wedding uh, Probably. Or made man. Wedding Planner. Wedding, wedding Planner. That's the one to put her over. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, then she gets into the, I can, that, after that, then she's the sole lead of enough. And then made in Manhattan. And that's when, you know, then Geely takes her down a little bit. But right. once yeah. she's the sole focus on the, the poster is when she's a bankable star. It's true. We're taking a look at Clooney now. And that's ninety-eight. Yeah, Clooney, so let's see. You might be right on Clooney too, because Clooney is coming out what peacemaker. Yeah, he's just off a of ER. But he's well known because of ER. He's massive True. because of But ER. he's not a movie star. Uh Dust Till Dawn is ninety six. Yeah. And then One Fine Day, Batman and, he, and Robin. But he plays Batman. That makes him a movie star. If he's playing Batman, that's a movie star. In the in the movie that killed the franchise. Yeah, yeah fair. But he's still a he's movie star level to be still gay. That's what I'm saying. But he's in a movie that killed a franchise. Fine. That is not fine. Hollywood is not pleased with that, which means he's not a bankable star. You just said you didn't blame the actors. In a movie for a movie not working, how can you blame Clooney for the movie not working in this situation? I blame everybody in that one. I think it's, <laughs> even poor Uma Thurman. Even poor. Uh, I think honestly, the the one that I blame the least is Schwarzenegger. Because <laughs> he did his assignment. He understood the he understood the assignment. <laughs> he understood what he was being asked of him, and Schumacher got weird performances yeah. from everybody else. I think you might be right. I think it's Three Kings where he kind of crosses over. Even though that's a smaller film, David O. Russell film. But it got Oscar buzz and then elevated George Clooney into this leading man role. Right. Then Old Brother and Perfect Storm was a good combo. Mm -hmm. And then Ocean's Eleven, he's in the stratosphere. Perfect Storm was a surprisingly, did well enough at the box office and be like, this dude might have something. Yep, 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 yep. Good point. Yeah, because Peacemaker was not received well. That was not a good movie. And it's not a good movie. It's not horrible or anything, but no, just not no. good. Who was it? Mimi Letter, right? Yeah, Mimi Letter. That's what I thought. Yeah, she's the director director of that. Um, yeah, she had done. She just recently did on the basis of sex. Oh, and the morning show. Well, there you go. I haven't even seen that show yet. All right, we're on. We got off track, man. We're on. We God damn it. Are we not even out of the top bottom three? <laughs> we're onto yours. Oh, really? Finally, okay. Dunkirk ten nine is Memphis Bell. Uh, that's called a punt. Ooh, nice. I'm glad it's on your list. Uh, number eight is Hot Shots. That's also a punt. Nice. All right. Well, there we go. Let's go. What's your seven? My seven is True Lies. Uh, yeah, I didn't put that on the list. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> knock yourself out. That's some racist shit. I didn't put it on the list. Well, as a red-blooded American, I'm here for it. What are we slandering? Middle Eastern people? Dude, I salute that racist flag. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, I mean, it's a moment in time. Could you make that movie today? No, you'd have to change. You could not make that movie today. You'd have to change a decent amount of it. Uh, But I will say the Harrier jet scene with the missile is stupid great. 
It, it, right. It's just like um, the scene with in Die Hard when he's jumping onto the jet off the highway. Yeah, it's ridiculously fun. Oh, live free or die hard? Yeah, live free or die hard. <laughs> Does that make my side list? Yes, along with about 50 other movies. I wrote it down because it was just like, all right, any movie with a fighter jet that I can think of or Yeah, fine. I considered it as well. <laughs> I, I put it on the side and I was like, there's better movies. Yeah. Although I don't think that one's as dog shit as several others in the franchise. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, yeah, I saw someone slandering it the other day like it was the one set in Russia that came after. And I was like, dude, that's, that's easily the worst in this that's series. The worst. Period. Period. It goes right off the rails. Uh, it's right off the rails. So bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, it went from frustrating to I'm just laughing at you on screen. <laughs> um, very true. Very true. With, so, like, I think this could be the first time Arnie does the balance of action plus comedy in a movie. Yeah. Because before it had been, like, it's a comedy movie with, like, maybe some, you know, kindergarten copish where there's a tiny bit of action here and there. But it's yeah. it's a comedy. Or he does action. Yeah. Like, twins. Straight. It's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah. Um, With some heart to it and whatnot. But this one's got, like, a little bit of balance. Like, him fucking with uh, uh Paxton. Yeah. You're playing this for laughs, even though you have big you know, action set pieces and whatnot where they go and they take down his mobile home and stuff. Uh, but then on the the flip side, like they've got numerous points where they're just, it's a full on action movie mm-hmm. and it's nice to see him being able to like grow a little bit, yeah. show a little bit more of the chops as he's done this more and more. Um, and I guess I need to see it again to see how yeah. really truly problematic it is these days. Uh, but I remember, you know, over the years, having seen it a few times, yeah. uh, enjoying yeah. it. So I'm going to hold on to that. I haven't watched it in <laughs> several years. So it could just be modern Amos and Andy. I have no idea. Oh, God, no. I, no one's saying that. Well, I'm not saying to that degree. I'm just saying like one of those where you look back and be like, how were we okay with this? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, how yeah, is yeah. this entertainment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's gotten to that level. But it does. <laughs> it is a caricature of... A Middle Eastern terrorist. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And so is the Jamie Lee Curtis scene where he's making her strip for his own fucking issues. Look, dude, she's got to prove her bona fides to be a spy, man. She wants to get in the game. <laughs> you bona fide. Um, all right. What's your six? Uh, my six is, so this is one that I brought up earlier. Okay. Uh, it doesn't have as much jet in it, but, uh, behind enemy lines. Oh, I knew that was going to be on your list, man. I fucking knew it. Go ahead. Really? You're not a fan? It's not the fan. I haven't seen it, but you put it on a lot of the lists. So you've talked. I don't about think it. I've ever put it on a list. Oh my God. Not this again. Not so this. I swear again. to God. When is behind Emily? Fans of the show. Please. Fans Tweet. of the show. Go back and see how many times Matt's getting old. He's starting to forget things. And I know I've oh, been yeah. there. I've been there. I'm trying Send- I've, I've lived through Matt Nost's age. I know what's happening. So fans who are listening to us. Dude, you're absolutely. a decade past my age I'm and you're telling decade. me that. That but my I've memory your age, so I know what it's like to start forgetting things when you think you haven't brought something up. So. You say it like it comes up every third list. I'm not I, saying that, but I'm saying you've brought it up before. That's all I'm saying. Behind enemy lines. Maybe once. Maybe twice. I think I'll give you one. Mm-hmm. Two would be, I think over under is two. And I'm taking you need to hire a historian of the show who can, who can put, we used to have people Look. make lists for uh, all our lists. I I wonder where that person has gone. That would be great to get it. I got no problem with you put it on the list. I just had a feeling you would put it on your list. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just now this this what? It's come up on so many lists. I knew it was coming. It's like I I object to the idea 
Okay. Not that I'm not against the movie because it made my list. Right. I, I just don't agree with you. So please okay. let us know on Twitter. Yes, let us know. At Matt Nost, at the Rufus says. Matt Nost is the only one who can guess my lists and know what I'm going to put. Yeah, but if I, I got dare it right to guess his list. Uh, I'm just guessing, hey, do you know, I, I'm, I have a pretty good idea where this is going to land. And I was right. I was 100% right. Yeah. Uh, now, you were right in guessing that I would have this on my list. Congratulations. That's actually kind yes. of impressive given how many jet movies there are or uh, fighter plane movies there are. Well, I, you know, you've brought it up a few times. So. That's oh, that, well, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> The verbi yeah. verbiage has changed here a few times, and then when people bring it up on Twitter, you're like, look, I told him. I, I told him he only brought it up like once terrible. or twice before. Yeah. <laughs> I think the over-under is two. So let us know on Twitter. Yeah. Do you agree with my over-under? Not do you uh, agree. Do you have evidence? You can't just agree because you feel like you want to agree. See, who's going to go take the time to go back through seven or eight years of shows? Well, then I, they can't chime in. That's the way it goes. But you're not going to go back through seven or eight years of shows. No, I'm not. I just verify your Because I actually did the shows. I have the memory of these things. So. Okay. That's what I'll live on. I'm calling bullshit on that. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, there's, there are certain weeks on. we end, and I forget what we just talked about. Oh, no, uh, I know it. Oh, I know it. Well, I'm just saying, because we both move on to, okay, now I got to go do this other thing yeah. and go yeah. do this other thing. And just like, what were we talking about there? <laughs> um, but anyway. Anywho. I mean, it really just has the opening where they get shot down by Sam missiles. Yeah, yeah. It's Owen uh, Wilson. Or pardon me. No, it's yeah, Owen it's Wilson. Mm -hmm. And uh, his co-pilot, who I don't remember who that was, mm. who ends up getting killed anyway. Um, but they're yeah. the disputed, it's the war in Bosnia and they're part of the NATO forces kind of patrolling the skies and whatnot. And they're flying over the demilitarized zone where yeah. no one's supposed to be. And some, some bad dudes get caught in that area when they shouldn't be. And technically I don't even know. I don't recall them having been spotted because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. they're on a reconnaissance flight, but just kind of as a preemptive step, yeah. they decide to go ahead and take out, uh, the jet. And while the sequence is wildly unbelievable for these heat-seeking missiles, yeah, just because as I've gotten older, uh, I've seen more and more uh, fighter pilots on YouTube breaking down scenes. It's yeah. actually kind of a fun wormhole that you can go down, and they'll do the legitimacy of oh this and like what's what could actually happen, and uh, then you go watch something like that, and you're like oh yeah, this seems wildly unrealistic. <laughs> um. There is one moment in the theater and I was like, well, this doesn't seem real, but okay, who cares? But it's a fun scene. You got two missiles trying to chase them and they're flying around and the footage looks amazing. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a modern film. And then after that, he is behind enemy lines and he's got to get out. Yeah. And it's him fighting his way through, uh, without trying to get killed as a lone survivor of this plane crash. Yeah. Uh, it's a good movie. Yeah. I gotta watch it because it's that one and your other film that you bring up all the time, uh, Rescue Dawn. I've Rescue gotta... Dawn, yes, has definitely come up on like probably yeah. eight or ten of my lists, at least thirty, okay. maybe thirty. <laughs> Let me we start once again. Once again, very Trumpian of you. Just throw out numbers you can't back up. People say you brought it up all the time. I don't know <laughs> where I heard it, but people say all the movies, oh, oh. all the lists behind wow, enemy okay. lines. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
Oh my God. What if I was ever to come back, which I'm not, but what if I was ever to come back as Trump to the Trump law? Trump law would be brilliant. Oh my God. All the belts, all the records. That's what I'm here for. All the lists. I'm here. Will you just declare yourself winner even though yeah. you've lost? I'm the champion. Totally won this. Everyone knows it was rigged. I'm the champion. Do the recount. It's, it's, it's clear. The fix was in from the beginning. I am the champion. Give me my belt. It's ridiculous. Well, who's Hold your on. Dr. Oz that you're currently telling? Just go ahead and declare yourself winner. <laughs> I don't know. I Do you have anybody else that uh, you bring yeah, I'd have someone to else back? With controversial opinions, but who completely does a 180 just to be elected? I don't know. I don't know who I can find. <laughs> Dude, it's fascinating. I know we're not we're not a political show, but it's fascinating how that son of a bitch said all kinds of liberal shit on his show, doing tweets, all this kind of shit. And then Trump puts his fucking hat on him. It's like the NWO. All of a sudden everything's washed away and you're, you're no longer a mid carter. Now you're one of the stars because you're wearing the three letters on your, yeah. on your shirt. And that's what they did to him. And I'm like, this is fat. And that son of a bitch sold his soul to the Trump just to be able to be in a position of power, just to be elected into a position of power yeah. to run possibly and win. Welcome to power, baby. Yeah, man, it's nuts to me, dude. Look, I, mean, I, I don't Trump know. Trump was a Democrat his whole life until oh, recently. Yeah, totally. He donated Hillary's campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, mind blowing. People are like, uh, I'm not going to pay attention to that. Fuck it. Uh, whatever he tells me to do. And it's like, what? Just crazy, man. Just crazy. Anyway, <sighs> let's not get too deep into it. I know we don't get too deep. Um, all right, let's move on to my number six, and that is Iron Eagle. What? Do we do your seven? Oh, my seven. Sorry. Iron Eagle. Seven. Seven. Iron Eagle is my seven. I apologize, Matt. Yes. I thought uh, about it. That, remember the Iron Eagle? Is it a punter? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I, I thought about it, but then I was like, I, I, oh. Tim Thomerson is the dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, but at the time, at 19, was it 1984 when this thing come out? I agree with you. When I was a kid, I thought this was shit. Dude, come on. This and Last Starfighter were the, were the two. Last Starfighter, I will agree with you, even though I literally watched it in the past six months. Yeah. And it's not good. Oh no, it's, but it's, I still love it. It's a tough hold. Yeah. It's a nostalgic love yeah. that you have for. Yeah. But this was Iron Eagle for me is like, well, Top Gun is Coke. Iron Eagle is Kirkland. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. I can just go have a Coke. You know? Not even Pepsi. It's Kirkland. Yeah, it's Kirkland, dude. It's not even. It's like that. It's like, a, you know, all uh, the different offshoots of Dr. Pepper and there's Mr. Pibb. And those are like the yeah. one and two. And then after that, it's all the knockoffs. There's like a million Dr. Peppers. <laughs> That's what, kind of what you get with these, like Flight of the Intruder. It's like, yeah. You, but you know, the irony is they both came out in the same year and Iron Eagle came out first. In wow, January. really? In my head, it came out like two years later. Yeah, no, it came out in January of 1986. And, um, Top Gun, I think is May of May 25th of 1986. So that's why oh, they just wild. had Top Gun Day or whatever's going to be coming. That's why they're dropping the, the sequel. Yeah. Next week. So, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, kind of crazy that they, they both came out in the same year and, and Iron Eagle was first almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed this film and nostalgia and Jason Gedrick. I thought he was going to be big, man. I liked it. I immediately liked him. Uh, he had a great vibe. I thought for sure him and Cruz would be battling for years in the 1980s. Never really happened for Gedrick for whatever reason. Um, I did like him on Murder One, that first season, I think, of Murder One. And whenever he's he shown up and stuff, I've always enjoyed him. He's a, he's a good, solid actor. 
I thought he was great here. He's a great protagonist. You totally connected to him. Louis Gossett Jr. still kind of, you know, playing that military mentor like he did in Officer and a Gentleman a few years before this movie. So having him come in and kind of training the kid to avenge what happened to his dad and all of that, I thought that was really cool because it's so crazy to think about this movie because it does have shades of Top Gun within it, you know, being trained, the hotshot pilot. There's no best friend type of situation, but there is the dad son dynamic that's going on there uh throughout the movie as well but I, I i love the fight action sequences they're fun for what they are i like gedrick and and his character in the film his emotional kind of makeup and uh and and lewis gossett jr is just so great being the mentor there for uh, throughout the film so yeah I, and it's crazy it's kind of you know they're dealing with stuff in the mediterranean sea and um you know mm-hmm. the, there's a military called billion military that's responding so all of that that he's got to go and confront um but I dug it. And in the end, he, uh, takes care of business there. Um, uh, uh, with Louis Gossett with Chappie, as he's called, um, and his dad. So, yeah. Yeah. I just can't. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Let's move on. Yeah. I never liked Gedrick. Wow. Really? Nope. What was it about him that you didn't like? It just didn't feel like a movie star to me. Okay. Even as a kid, it's just like, I don't, he's not as captivating. So I was, I was not shocked when, his career never took off yeah. to that degree. You know, what's crazy is to go back and see that David Suchet played like the villain. Um, uh, the future Hercule Poirot was the villain in this movie. So it's hilarious to go back and see that. Um, okay. Uh, let's move on to my, my number six, which is the right stuff. Okay. What Sam are the Shepherd. F- Sam Shepard's flying, flying and they're all, uh, uh, Jet fighters, all fight, uh, they're all, they're all fighter pilots. Fighter but, pilots, and there are sequences with Sam Shepard in this fighter pilot, what he's doing, and they're, in the training. Chuck and all Yeager, he's just flying that experimental X2 yeah. plane or X3 plane or whatever it, it is. It all counts. It all counts for me. That's not a jet, that's not a jet plane or fighter plane. They're fighter pilots. They're fighter Find pilots. me the fighter plane in this movie. It's a lot. It's there. You gotta look for it. It's not. It's right. non-existent. There it's isn't a fighter plane in this that's doing anything fighter planey at all we see flashbacks of them doing the fighter planey thing fighter fight planey thing i think you're stretching this pretty thin my friend <laughs> well, my list. Do, do i love white, the right stuff i think it's yeah. brilliant i think it's yes, a fantastic it movie and i love that the ending is not some big hurrah like i think it's, it's a, a pretty flawless movie yeah. Well, it's a, l- yeah, you're right. It's a little bit, it drags a little bit near the end, but yes, overall, a great, a great. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would cut some of the Jaeger stuff. Okay. That's where I think it drags down a little bit with him longingly, but Chuck Jaeger was a much larger figure in pop yeah. culture than he's looked at now. Yeah. Well, what do you think uh, that, that fighter jet is for that they're flying? It's for military usage. It's for fighter usage. Eventually, it's but as it's, it's currently constructed. Yeah, yeah, it turns into yeah. like the SR-71. They yeah. use that technology, but okay. It's the X-1 they use. I mean, that's the whole film starts with the, the one guy dying trying to fly it, and then Shepard gets, or I mean, uh, yeah, uh, no, uh, not Sam Shepard. Uh, Sam Shepard, yes, but like Chuck Yeager. Chuck Yeager. Chuck Yeager. He gets into it, tries to break it with Barbara Hershey watching and all of that. It's not a fighter plane. It's an experimental jet. It's going to be used in the military. If you're telling me it's like a V2 rocket that's basically just a, a, a guided missile that a man is in, yeah, I would agree with you. But it's just meant to go as fast as possible 
and they're just trying to learn from it. There's no fighting capabilities. I, I wasn't there. I don't know what they were thinking about. Other than I'm I pretty sure you can find accounts military. as to what the entire intent of that uh, sure it was military based program. It, it was. It was just for shits and giggles. Let's see who can fucking break the speed barrier. I yeah, think yeah. They were doing it so they could use it in military. But not everything. Okay, so everything is military connected. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I mean, but but just because it's military connected doesn't mean it's uh, okay. I just think it's a difference of the intent of the program is yeah. to expand the the capabilities in other areas. So they can but, use it to bomb yes. pl- to bomb countries or to defend the country in some way. So those planes that they're flying at the bidding on a military base that they're testing out, they're going to turn into fighter planes in one form or another. I mean, that's how potentially they don't even know if they'll be able to harness it and use it in that capacity. So basically what you're saying is because someone can crawl, they can run a hundred meters at a, the intention is to run eventually. Yeah, that's what doesn't I'm mean saying. you will get there. No, but it also means doesn't it mean you can weaponize mean... this. This is just a program to see what we're capable of, not because whether or not we can want to weaponize it. Because yes. we want to weaponize. We want to, but yes. doesn't mean we know we can. Who cares? It's it's about a matter of we want to do okay. this, but I, we're going through the test. Where is the fighter plane? That is the fighter plane that they're it's, testing. That it's is not. the future fighter that, plane that they're testing. They're no, they're testing something that could potentially be used in a fighter plane. They're not testing an actual fighter plane. It's it's a rocket-powered X-1 plane. They are trying to get that thing to break the sound barrier so that they can send it when they need to send it to bomb or attack or shoot or kill anything. They're not putting people in that fucking thing to take them from like to London in a couple of hours. It ain't the Concorde. That's not what they're doing. The military is not going to create planes for commercial usage. That's not... The logic there, it's always to use it for weapon, weaponry or yeah. as a weapon itself. But also they, you know, they had a mind control program that they tried to weaponize as well and it went nowhere. Yeah, but it was, I, if I was doing mind control movies, I would qualify that movie to be in a mind control movie as a mind control movie. Sure. But then, yeah, but now, okay. That's a different argument, but then you're saying the eventual weaponization then trickles down to the inception, like uh, where it, it began from. You can keep fighting this. I'm telling you, it's not coming off my list. And the reason is because that opening is absolutely all about them flying a plane, a fighter plane. It's even it's designed to plane. look like a fighter plane to break the sound barrier. It's, it's, the it's break designed the to break the sound barrier. That's what it's designed to do. It's not designed to fight at all. It's designed to, <laughs> we need to make something that is basically just a rocket with wings to go as fast as we can to see if we can break the sound barrier. What, what for it. shits and giggles? Part of it was, can what, we do it? We need to do it before the Russians. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, honestly, the accomplishment of the country. It. Yes. Yeah, kind of, but it's mostly oh, just yeah. a, it's a dick measuring contest on some level. Sure, but it's a dick measuring contest so your dick doesn't get shot off by the other guy. Yeah, well, because potentially you could use this eventually to do something. They develop yes. all kinds of things that don't go anywhere. It's like, a, a, maybe we'll be able to use this somewhere. Let's put some money into it. I would love to see the programs where the military spent a shit ton of money on planes just for shits and giggles. I would love to see that. Ah, dude. Uh, okay. Well, modern military spending, there's quite a few of those. That's a different situation. Modern military spending, because a toilet that's $300 is a different conversation than millions and millions of dollars 
being sunk into a plane that they know that they want to weaponize down the road. This is the initial stages of the of a of how a fight. Yeah, it's the proving ground of what potentially could be, but it's it's A does not equal B in this. It does. It doesn't. Because it doesn't make any sense. Why would you even do it if you're not going to weaponize it if you're the military? Yes, but you need to be able to prove that you can do it first. Right, and, and that's, that's what, what they're is. working out here. Yeah, but it doesn't moment. make it a jet fighter yet. It doesn't. It's a it's fighter a test, plane. It's a test plane to see if they the. it's potentially possible to do this. Mm-hmm. Look, go ahead. Espouse your love of the film. No, we just wasted all that time arguing about it, so... It's a great movie. Do we let's waste take it? A break. Or do we let's make it for great content? I don't want a two-hour show. So let's take a break. That's probably true. Yes. <laughs> let's take a break. Uh, and then hear from our sponsors. We'll come back with our top fives right after this. Okay. Thank you to those sponsors. And thank you to ourselves for voicing those sponsors. Uh, let's move on to our number five, Matt. What do you got? At five, we got the pun from earlier, uh, Hot Shots. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Is this higher up on your list? Um. Lloyd Bridges is nothing short of brilliant in both of those films. But I flat, I mean, he is so good. Oh yeah. In this movie. So good. The funeral where the honor guard starts firing and he oh. has some weird flashback and he starts firing at them. He throws a grenade. People are running off, uh, with their on the aircraft carrier and he falls down the stairs. He's like, I meant to do that. <laughs> And then he makes up some through the ears thing. That's yeah, there's that. And then the guy was like, Oh, we have, he pulls out the earplugs. He's like, we had that. And he's like, Oh, great. And he swallows those like pills. They like, go, oh, let's see if that helps. Uh, yeah, he's got the discussion about the, was it the soup, the soup or the duck? Which one is the one yeah. you shoot? And he's like, duck. And then he slaps his head on the table because he thinks <laughs> the guy tells him to duck. Uh, just it's, he plays. So many serious moments just for perfect laughs. Talking about the number of sorties he's flown. And he's like, I got shot down on every one. You know, I've never actually landed a plane. And just the never breaks. It yeah. is he's delivering it the same no matter what. It's really impressive. It's great comic timing. Yeah, yeah. It works uh, so well. Yeah, and there's tons of, of jets flying around, but it's the only comedy around the military that I can think of like this. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie Sheen is great in it as well, doing what he's doing, him and Valeria Galino and the back and forth that they have. I think that – oh, no, she's in the sequel. Sorry. Uh, Charlie Sheen is great in the first one, right, all the stuff that's going on. with. I think no, it's John Cryer, right? One. Is she in the first one? Okay. Yeah, she's on that horse, and he sees her on the oh, horse. Right, right, right. And then uh, – Isn't Rowan Atkinson her, like, boyfriend that he's trying to save? I thought oh, he was Mr. I Bean. I don't remember that, to be honest. Let me see here because I'm, I'm pretty – either that or he's in the sequel. I'm pretty sure he's in one of these movies. I just can't remember if he's. I'm yeah, like, he's got like John, Carrie Elwes, John Cryer. Yeah, with the big thick glasses, John Cryer. Um, oh, Lloyd Bridges, uh, Lieutenant is uh, a great actor. He was in Transformers. He yeah. was in uh, uh, Dave. He was in. Oh yeah, Kevin, Kevin Dunn. You're talking about there you Kevin, go. Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Yeah, 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 he's great. Um, uh, no, it doesn't look like. So maybe he's in the sequel then. Um, or <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say it. Never mind. What's that? Uh, nothing. Uh, Come on, say it. Let's get into our third fight today. <laughs> our third. What was our second one? Our first uh, one. Just the I bring up behind enemy lines. All the oh, time. oh, that's right, that's right. No, yeah, we he's gotta, in the second one. He's in the second one. That's right. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, it's Rowan Atkinson's in the second one. Galena is in both. You're right. I thought she wasn't. I thought she was in one or the other. So, yeah. Uh, second one's got Storm? the great scene too, where uh, oh my god, Charlie and Martin yeah. go past each other on the boats. <laughs> great scene. Wall Street. <laughs> so great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is, this film is still good. Still holds up. I think I saw like half an hour of it, um, a few weeks ago and just was laughing my nuts off still watching it. So yeah, it's, it's got some, stu- a lot of stupid jokes. But there's also a lot of, I mean, they're, it's the shotgun message or approach mm-hmm. where it's birdshot and they're firing a lot yeah. and they're not going to hit on all of them for you. But when they do, it's going to be, it's going to land and be effective. Yeah. This is ironically, and this is, you know, this is what, right around the time where Charlie Sheen stops being necessarily a bankable guy, you know, and it's ironic that he would make fun of a Tom Cruise film because now Tom Cruise is, of course, by that point, you know, ascending into the stratosphere and Charlie is not. And so he kind of does a couple of these, right? Cause he's also, he also pops up in loaded weapon and he does the hot shots mm-hmm. part two. Yeah, but then he starts to, yeah, but then he's like, you know, one of the three for the three musketeers. Then it's the chase nobody saw, Major League Two, which was terrible. Terminal velocity, not good. Arrival, not good. So yeah, this is basically right around the time when Charlie starts to. Not you know, I think there. Arrival, there's a decent movie in there somewhere. If they yeah. reshot that and redid it, I think that could be. Man, you might be right. You might be right. I went to see that in the theater. I remember that. Really? And I thought it might be good. Yeah, I was, you know, I was like in the middle afternoon, so it was on a, a matinee. And I like Lindsey Krauss, so I was like, this is an interesting combo with Charlie Sheen and Lindsey Krauss. Um, and then the film was not good. It was weird. And I remember the designs yeah. of the aliens with the aliens, the knees bending backwards. Yeah, the knees bending backwards. Yeah. yeah. I was like, ooh. No but thing. the raising greenhouse gases and whatnot to get the ambient temperature up and then using SETI, those big, huge. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, satellite arrays, the big dishes and all that is like, it's a cool setting. Yeah. There's something interesting in here. Just the movies, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So then my five is your punt from, is the punt from earlier with Independence Day. That's my five. Um, okay. I mean, great stuff here, right? I mean, the, the Randy Quaid stuff alone is worth it. I know he's off the, he's off the ranch now, but he was great, uh, in the film. And, you know, I, who would have ever thought that a, it's just a genius, bit of writing here to have a guy who's been probed by an alien by the aliens and of course people still don't believe that happens who knows if it's true or not but like having a guy like that get a chance to get revenge on the aliens i thought was genius the fighter sequences when they're fighting the ships are incredible yeah uh, and then will smith uh doing what he's doing with harry connick jr all of that is a number of fight sequences there with their planes and then of course them him showing up having hijacked one of the essentially fighter planes of the aliens to use for him and Goldblum to inject the virus. So there's so much about this that is surrounded or surrounding the idea of use, the use of fighter planes or the usage of fighter planes. So it's so great. Just love the film. Um, people revere it a bit too much in my opinion, but it's, but it's a fun film. People, when the sequel came out, people try to act like Independence Day was the Citizen Kane of action movies. And yeah. I don't like, need to calm the fuck down. It's a fun throwaway um, uh, who's the director again? What the fuck is Roland Emmerich? A yeah, Roland Emmerich film that was a blast to watch, and it's still a blast to watch. But it's not like the most incredible. It's not Die Hard, man. So it's like there's just a difference there, and people just kind of convince themselves. These '90s kids sometimes they drive me nuts. Yeah. These critics that grew up in the '90s they drive me nuts with the way they revere the '90s films, like as some kind of holy grail and shit. It it, it, it drives me insane, man. I think it's it's like any decade you've got your good ones and you got your bad ones and everything mm-hmm. in between. 
I, I think when this movie works, it works really well. Yes. Yeah. And then when it falls apart, it's just like, eh, I could cut all this. The first lady stuff with Vivica Fox, which is like, I, I oh don't yeah, care. McDonald. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, eh, who gives a shit? <laughs> and I, that Paxton is the president to me. Is I don't know how you got elected. Oh, uh, you're insane. But the the dog fight initially, like what culminates in Will Smith mm. punching the alien. Yeah, that's awesome. It is cool. The big fight with like when they fire missiles at the mothership and it does oh, nothing. Yeah. yeah, and you just see the how massive this thing is. Like the certain set pieces and the action at times is uh, exquisite. Yeah. It just, I think it falls apart in a lot of other places. Fair enough. All right. What's your four, man? Uh, my number four is Star Wars. Oh, uh, that is a slight punt. Nice okay. try. Nice try, guy. Nice try. I thought about the Revenge <laughs> of the Sith, but I figured I'd go with the original. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, my number four is Wonder Woman. Okay, go for it. Because Chris Pine uses the, he uses his plane to kind of bomb the, um, bomb the factory there and he's a fighter pilot and remember he gets yeah. caught and so, yeah, so I, I, you know, I love that movie. It's such a great movie and Chris Pine is so good in that movie. And then and in the end when he's flying the plane to blow up, uh, that's essentially a fighter plane there as well with all those uh, bombs inside of it and he blows it up to kind of save everybody. It's fantastic. And so to me, this is a film, uh, that I enjoy for her performance, obviously. Um, and his performance is so good. You want to like him so much. Um, and he brings that energy where he doesn't take the attention away from Diana, from Gal Gadot. It's her movie and he's happy to be a part of it, you know, and it's so well done. And the things he goes through and the emotional connection he has with his father about being a pilot and doing something and trying to change the world in some way, all that conversation. It's so great. So. Mm-hmm. The fight sequences I really enjoy and, and I enjoy the movie overall. So there you go. We've talked about it a number of times. Matt's put it on three lists, I think. Um, <laughs> all right. What's your number three? Uh, I probably put 84 on even more lists, you know, such a great movie. Oh God. Uh, my number, uh, three is, yep. uh, Tora, Tora, Tora. Oh, nice choice. Little World War II action. Please go ahead. The, it's amazing. This is yeah. not too long past World War II. Yeah. And the Japanese consultant on this movie is the guy, he's the, he's the architect of Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yes. Yeah. Then now we're going to shoot a movie about how the Japanese orchestrated the attack and yeah. started the war in the Pacific. And we're going to go get the guy that actually created the blueprint for the Japanese <laughs> flying a sneak attack. And it's amazing to go and watch. Yeah. Just the shots alone to see these planes flying throughout. It is magnificent. Yeah. Uh, and if you're into, you know, war films or historical pieces, I think it's, it's good enough, uh, in that regard. I think the movie overall is really good too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause not always does, you know, a film that's regarded from the annals of cinema history as to being one of the greatest, do I agree with? Just like, yeah, it seems like a time and place type of situation, or yeah. it does it hasn't held up for me over the years. Whereas Tor Tor Tora, like Run Silent, Run Deep, right? Uh, oh yeah, that's a good one. I like one. Yeah, there's a few others that I'm just like, I enjoy the living shit out of that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, other ones, I'm like, it's good. I get what you're saying. It just doesn't yeah. resonate for me as well. Whereas Tor Tor Tora, seeing it, knowing that the guy that helped. <laughs> fucking <laughs> to orchestrate everything about Pearl Harbor sat down and helped make this movie. It's kind of mind blowing. It makes yeah. me appreciate it all the much more that tensions had cooled to that degree. 
in such yeah. a short amount of time that you can move past it on some level. Now, I am sure there were some people on that set that had they found out or had, if they knew weren't happy with the situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that resentment carried for a long time for yeah. uh, quite a big, you know, section of this country. Yep. And to some degree, that's understandable. You just went to war with another nation. Yeah. Well, so Vietnam, uh, Vietnam was the same way. People were like, Really kind of, um, how can I say this? Cautiously trepidation over there. How can I say this? They were really leery of Vietnamese people coming over to this country as immigrants and, yeah. and starting businesses and stuff. They, you know, right after the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, I mean, shit, Germans are still the oh, easiest, yeah. one of the easiest villains in a movie. It's yeah. like, just make them German. Okay. Yeah. We'll buy that. <laughs> so true. That's uh, one of the, the funniest things I saw about the, you know, everything that transpired. But Ukraine, um, yeah. was the, someone tweeting out, be like, okay, as a German, let me get this straight. You guys want us to invest in our military <laughs> and just basically build it up and do all the things that we've always been like, Germany, you probably shouldn't do those things. And now we're yeah. like, Germany, you definitely should. <laughs> That's how far the pendulum has swung. Yeah. yeah uh, yeah. but Tora, 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 if, if you've never seen it and you're a fan of World War II movies, I think this is a go-to and you should yeah. definitely see it. It's fantastic. I like it a lot. Um, okay. So then, uh, my number three is X-Men 2. Sure. Go for it. It's yeah. On my side, but yep. they use the, the Quinjet and, or I'm sorry, the jet that they use in the movie. Uh, and it becomes a very integral part of the movie, how they're transporting with who they're fighting and getting all the stuff that they do throughout the film. And then of course becomes the sequence at the end there when they're trying to stop Dark Phoenix from happening, uh, with Brian Cox uh, chained to the wall there. Um, is pretty awesome. So, uh, it becomes an essential part of the, and I know that's a, um, a ship or a vehicle that from the comics that people were very much looking forward to seeing and it worked so well in the movie. So uh, I absolutely loved it. So that's why I put it, uh, put it where I put it. And, and, and there are other ones that I considered from superhero movies, but this is the one that I was like, I, li- I like this one the best and I okay. enjoy this one the best. Um, cause I mean, I thought about Guardians of the Galaxy, but, they go into smaller vehicles uh, when they go into their battles and whatever. So there isn't that much involved yeah, with them. So. That's true. I didn't think about Guardians. I thought because I, I guess I kept it more terrestrial on some yeah. level because I thought about Iron Man. Oh, right. He has yes. that flight with the the fighter jets and there's a UAV at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I didn't think about Guardians. Guardians is a good one. Yeah, I was close on Guardians. But in the end, I, I just like this one. A little bit more. We get more with this and we get more with the connection, uh, with them as well. So, um, okay. So then what's your, what's your two, man? Uh, my deuce is, uh, Memphis Bell. Oh, wow. That high up. Respect. I, Go ahead. Go ahead. I was so excited the fact that it actually got a release when I looked it up on Wikipedia so I could include it on this list. Oh yeah. I remember, I went to the theater to see this. I remember it got a release. Yeah. I saw it on HBO. Oh, okay. Um, and loved it. I mean, flat out. Mm-hmm. I thought all the casting choices, they have all these different characters that are all equally yeah. great. Uh, different people in, um, you know, Modine is the captain. Yeah. Uh, Billy Zane could be my favorite Billy Zane. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, can, like, I can well, actually see that, man. Yeah. Titanic possibly. It's not going to be Phantom. It's no. not going to be Zoolander. Like, uh, yeah. What other no, Billy Zanes are really competing with this? I think you're right. Uh, you know, Eric Stoltz. Um, yeah, Matt, uh, it's Harry Connick Jr. Yep, Harry Connick. This is one of the first roles Harry was in. Yeah, uh, like, uh, transitioning from like the singing into the acting a little bit. Yeah, 
but you really get to kind of jump into what it was like to be on one of these bomber trips because when those fighter planes come in from the Germans and they all have to rush around and try and pivot their guns to take them out because they're on a bombing run. It's kind of like uh, seeing fury. I've never seen tank warfare from the perspective of the tank. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So to see it like in the, to live in the bomber and see the confined space, like to get down to that bell housing thing underneath the turret, the ball turret on the bottom. Oh my God. When that gets blown off and he's just being held in by a stupid seatbelt. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And just how rudimentary the technology is. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the sites to line up for the bombing. Like that, that, that could be it. That could be it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy. I just, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of this movie. And then to know that it's, Based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know that you had X number of flights or sorties or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And they were the first to get to their number. And so many like there's that one plane. What is it? Forgotten country. It's yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. And it's flying and another, it's like its first mission. Another plane gets shot down and clips it in half and you, they see it. And yeah. Like, Oh my God, all those young guys and they're all dead. I mean, you can hear them on the radio screaming for help and there's nothing you can do. You're just, you're impotent to it because you have to finish your mission. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, I'm a big fan of Memphis Bell. Yeah. I, you know, I remember seeing it in theater because I think it was right around that time, either just before or just after when that amazing stories episode came on that had kind of similarities to Memphis Bell with the okay. Kevin Costner being in the lead of that one. So I was very excited to see this and I was like, okay, okay, it's World War II, it's Modine. Like you said, great young cast. You could argue this is an outsider's cast, uh, when you look at it, cause you got Tate Donovan, as you said, Billy Zane. Oh yeah, Tate Donovan. DB Sweeney, Eric Stoltz, yep. Sean Astin is yep. in this. Yeah, he's uh, the, yeah. the turret. Yeah, uh, Walter, guy. it's one of those rare Sean Astin films that I like. Uh, Harry Connick Jr., as you said, but also Reed Diamond, who, um, you know, was a big part of Rescue Me and he's been in a number of, mm. of stuff as well. Then you got David Strather and John Lithgow's in this. Um, and a number of, and a few English actors are in this as well that are young in their careers at the time who are still working today. Um, so incredible combination of, of actors and Michael Caton Jones, the director of this one who directed a few films that I've enjoyed in his career as well. So I liked this film. It had the proper amount of nostalgia, but also high stakes. And it was a good combo of both. Um, and you could tell like when I like that they kind of framed it in the fact that this was their mission to get to that number so they could like essentially retire from being put in danger. Um, and the way that they interact with each other as the pressure builds throughout that the final battle sequences and all the stuff that's going on there is just great. Um, and yeah, you mentioned the turret being shot out, which is an insane moment in the film. Uh, yeah. But overall, it just gives you like a, a nostalgic feeling and connection to these World War II soldiers and what they went through and what they did. Um, and so it, it leaves you feeling very positive about that as, you know, just Americana, as a piece of Americana. And I love that. Um. Yeah, it's it just it gives you another facet of this massive war. Yeah, right, 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 right. Such a great cover, a poster too, with all of them just there with their fighter jackets. It's so cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, what's your? T- oh my, my, my deuce, deuce, right? Oh, so my deuce is Star Wars: The New Hope. From what you okay. said. Okay. So yeah, I mean, 
that's a fighter jet. That X wing is a fighter jet, and that or fighter plane rather. And that uh, sequence at the end of the movie, at the end of A New Hope, when he's using it to go after the Death Star, is great. It works so well. Everything that's going on there, battling Vader and his Tie Fighter, battling the other uh, the the Black Stormtroopers and their Tie Fighters, it's great. Uh, so to me, that sequence is so awesome. Yeah, there's. You could argue that there are other X-Wing sequences, but this is the one that just is so much fun and works so well. And um, the conversation with him and Luke, everything that leads up to him shooting that shot to blow up the Death Star is so awesome. So I don't know how much more we can, what more we can say about it. Well, I mean, Luke has based those shots on World War II footage. Yeah, right. Like flying in formation, dropping into the trenches and all that stuff, just yeah, as yeah, even yeah. more added. This is based upon, you know, uh, fighter jets Yeah, or fighter planes. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Um, okay, so then uh what's your number one? Is it my number one? It's gotta be Top Gun. Top Gun! Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was the no-brainer of like, listen, we're doing it for this, but <laughs> talking about fighter planes, it's the very first movie anybody any of us think of. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's great. And the sequences are still fucking awesome. Uh and still great to watch. And they're even better the ones that are in the Top Gun Maverick. And people are gonna be blown away by it. I'm telling you, man. It, it, it got a five minute standing ovation at Khan yesterday. There's a lot of people, a lot of normal critics who would go after a film like this if it was just a sequel that was trying to cash in mm-hmm. that are loving the movie. And I'm going back again tonight as we're recording this. I'm going back to see it a second time tonight because I want to do a, a spoiler review from it, and I love it. So this film is a huge part of my life as we've talked about on the show many times. And so it's like, it's absolutely number one for fighter. But then they got people to sign up for the military, got to sign up for the Navy and get them yeah. all excited. I, I don't buy the revisionist stuff now that you hear from cr- some of the, cr- my fellow critics and reviewers who say like, Oh, it fetishizes the military. I don't think it does at all. It's very clear about what it is. If these guys are having fun when you're in your twenties uh, or late teens and you're in the military ball busting dudes, that's just the game, you know? Mm. And so it doesn't, I don't think in any way, cause I mean, fucking goose dies. Where's the fetishizing of the military in that? He dies. There are stakes here. So True. it doesn't make it seem like it's like this, you know, this great experience. And the whole time Maverick is this conflicted dude who's having a battle with a guy who's pretty confident and good at what he does. Um, and he's constantly in trouble. So there's no sense of like, oh, this is the greatest place to be and this is a blast. So I just don't understand. People who say that nonsense about the film, in my opinion. Seems fair. <laughs> um, all right, so let's combine okay. these bad boys. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, okay. Uh, I'll grab the bongos real quick. All right, so... So it seems like it'd be Top Gun and then Star Wars, one, two. Yeah, sounds good. And then let's see. Memphis Bell, where'd you have that? Number nine. So that's two, nine. Mm-hmm. Hot Shots is five, what? Eight? eight. Mm-hmm. Independence Day is? That's my five. Okay, that's my nine. Okay. Uh, and then we both have Dunkirk at 10, and I think that's all we have in common. So let's do Memphis Bell. Okay. Um, technically, Hot Shots beats Independence Day, then. Did you say Hot Shots was your eight? It's my five. Uh, Hot Shots is my eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so then Hot Shots, okay. Independence Day. And do we want to save Dunkirk for later? You want to put it at six? Yeah, let's save Dunkirk for later. All right, so what's your next highest? I have my three. I have my three. Oh, shit. Get that coin out, son. All right. What's there your you three? Uh, X-Men 2. Versus Tora, Tora, Tora. Oof. I mean, if we're really yeah. talking about fighter movies. Fighter uh, movies. We're flipping the phone coin. I swear to God, it just does that on purpose. <laughs> uh, but it's all worth it in the end. Oh, man. All right, fine. What does that put us after those two? Uh, we have eight, nine, and ten left. Okay. So we do Dunkirk here. Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. Uh, your next highest? My number four, Wonder Woman. All right. What is? After that, I got my uh, six. The right stuff at six. <laughs> oh shit! Are we flipping? Are we flipping? Oh damn! Of course it had to come to this. Of course it had to come to a flip. All right, let's try this again. Try to keep it close to you so you don't have to keep getting up. I I did, and then it, it bounced and went to the other side of the room, so. All right. All right. This one went right under my chair. What do you got? What do you got? Oh, baby. Again? Again, two Damn. times. Damn it. Behind enemy lines. It's good thing I threw Oh, man, the Matt knows special. He loves that. Movie. Right. A movie about an actual fighter plane that's got one in it? Yes. <clears throat> Makes it onto the list officially. I like to believe so. in people's potential. Uh, uh, clearly you don't. So, all right. Where are we ready? Are we good to go? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The top 10 fighter plane movies. Yeah. At number 10. Behind enemy lines. At number nine. Wonder Woman. At number eight. Dunkirk. At number seven. X2. At number six. Tora, Tora, Tora. At number five. Independence Day. At number four. Hot Shots. At number three. Memphis Bell. At number two. Star Wars A New Hope. And our number one fighter plane movie is. Is Top Gun. Um. All right. Tune in next week to our next live show. We'd love to have you there. That's right, yeah. We're also uh, above patrons. Yes, that's right. We'll have our shout-outs and uh, yeah. all kinds of fun stuff for you people. So, thank you for uh, joining us today. You can follow the show on Twitter at Top Ten Show, all spelled out, and on Instagram and YouTube, it is forward slash the Top Ten Podcast uh, with the number ten. So please hit us up, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Knows. Check out Settle the Score if you want another movie-related uh, trivia show or for NBA action, uh, dropping dimes. But you can find those anywhere you get podcasts. There you go. Find me uh, at the Roca Says on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch, doing a lot of the tw- uh, stuff there. My YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca Says, uh, and also the Cinephiles and the Geek Buddies, all out there in my other podcast there for you all to enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and uh, we will talk to you next time with another brand new live episode, another brand new episode rather of the top 10. Ooh.